Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. www.welcometocooperville.com <laughs> Who the fuck says www anymore? I can't even say it. www. <laughs> Stop that. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. We're rolling. So Eric and I go back many a year, many a cocktail. I can't. I don't know if we ever got arrested together, but I think separately. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely separately, uh, and maybe at the same place. It could have been. We could have been in the same, you know, confines and just different, yeah. o- different officers. <laughs> Eric Bloatwright. Shallow side, my guest on the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. Dude. Always been a big fan. And now that you're rocking all this stuff, you had to be a part of it. Likewise, man. Always been a fan. And I'm trying to grow the beard out. You see that? Like this? I do see that. Yeah. I'm noticing the beard. It looks good. You're my you're my inspiration. Stop. The, the ginger <laughs> ginger beard army, man. It's led by Eric. Yes. <laughs> Alabama chapter. <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. But how are things, man? Things good? Things good on your end? Things have been great. Things have, uh, we've been super busy over this past week, actually, when we've uh, had eight consecutive shows in a row, um, which which is always great. I'd mm-hmm. rather be on than off, but it's always good to, get to, to catch a rest every once in a while. My voice is super tired. I don't know if you can hear it, um, but we've, we've been busy and we've been We've been at it. There's been uh, a few bumps in the road uh, recently, a couple of hiccups, but uh, we're getting the wheels turning again and uh, getting everything back to where they should be. Did I hear a new album? Is that the word on the street? New album in July. Oof. Full length too. It's gonna be a, gonna be a full length and not not just the the regular EP version of uh, of what we have been doing. This time we sat down and really uh, blazed out a a full length and. Um, a lot of the fans already have it, and uh, they love it. So, so it's great, um, especially for our direct fan base that already has it. The reviews that came back directly from them, which personally are the reviews that count the most to me, right? Um, and they they love it, which they uh, have taken particularly to uh, two slower songs that are on the album. They love those the most, which uh, kind of. Um, makes me question a lot of stuff because i'm like i'm like wait a minute this is like a hard rock band and they're like oh we love those ballads we want the ballads we love the love man we We love the the love love. and and how cool that is a process now because you know back in the day that didn't used to be a thing you know the album came out when the album came out but now having an opportunity to you know direct you know your sound and your album directly to your fan base that's got to be a cool new avenue for you guys to be able to pursue yeah well um we we kind of write music and uh, we produce music uh, for ourselves mm-hmm. and things that we enjoy. 
And luckily, because of, you know, social media and the way the technology has went, we're able to also cater to the same people that are just like we are. Mm-hmm. And, and we notice that most of the people that are just like we are, they're, they're up, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, busting their ass, working, um, making ends meet. Uh, a lot of it's blue collar. Some of it's white collar, but we make those kids pay for things. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, it, we we notice that a lot of people that that are the the fan base or the family of shallow side, it's it's really just like hardworking, dedicated humans, and some of them are not even rock and roll fans. They they they're not directly even related or in even into rock and roll music, and we are their segue. Mm-hmm. You know, from from either be it country music or uh, <clears throat> or maybe even some some alternative uh, pop music, and 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 there we are. We sit right in in kind of on the fence line for a lot of different genres, just by the way that um, we, just by the the people that we are, and that's that's what it attracts. So yeah, it, it is pretty cool to be able to you know dive in and create something that we enjoy, and then the fan base that we've created turns around and looks back and gives us that validation. What do you think makes that connection, you know, with that type of audience, you know, obviously one that's very broad that, that can be, you know, your blue collar working class. Why do you think that connection exists between shallow side and, and that, that fan base? I mean, obviously you guys have uh, a very hardworking sound and attitude. I think, as you mentioned that this is just, this is the band, the band is real and you write about real stuff and in real life. And, is that kind of the what connects you to that kind of fan base who is, you know, kind of strolls on those same streams? You know, I think um, I think what started it initially was when we started touring. Mm-hmm. Um, see, when we first started as a band, we, we didn't really know how to tour. We didn't know really even how to book the shows, <laughs> but we had sectioned off uh, – you know, Thursday to Sundays, Wednesday to Sundays, where we could play shows and take a couple of days off and then continue to play shows, take a couple of days off. And we were in a suburban. So we all kind of like quit our jobs and took off on this quote unquote tour. And they were virtually um, dive bars here and there that would pay us like, you know, 50 bucks and, and give us a meal or some of them wouldn't pay us at all, but they'd still give us a meal. And for that, for, for us, that was cool enough. Right. Um, and we would sell merch, you know, to get gas money to get to the next city. Uh, but we did that for about a year, like a solid year. I'm talking about we would play like 250 shows. And sometimes we would play a show, pack up because we were the opening band. And we'd leave and go to the next bar. And we'd be the third band on the bill. And then we'd leave and go to the next bar three nights in a row or one or three shows in one night. And we'd be the closing band uh, to play from 2 a.m. till, you know, 4 a.m. or Whatever the closing time was at the bar. And, um, and we did that for, for a solid year. And the fan base that we brought in from that particularly uh, are the people that mostly have stuck with us throughout and their attitudes have grown uh, other, you know, fans, other friends, other family members that are that are a part of it. And I, th- I think that's really where it stems from, has been a, a grassroots base. We didn't really break into the radio scene or a, a, a national 
scene or the, the visual visualization of a national scene mm-hmm. until we were about three or four years into you know being a being a rock band so a lot of the stuff that we did was all grass rooted and it wasn't because we were like well you know screw the radio system we don't need that world or, right. or uh we don't we don't need uh social media to help us along uh we just didn't we generally just didn't know we had no clue <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing we were just playing music and it was fun for us and uh we took that and continued to roll with it and it's it's just grew organically i think that's the best way to put it learning on the fly yeah <laughs> Yeah, a lot, a lot of learning on the fly for sure. See, so you'll fake it till you make it uh, scenario. Like, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm sure there's a methodology to this. We just haven't quite got there yet. Exactly. <laughs> now, when you uh, when I take you back to uh, before the band started, and where did music, you know, the influence of music, first interject itself into your life that you decided that this is worth this passion, this drive, this creativity is worth giving up my job, living in a suburban with some dudes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like this seems like a really good idea, uh, and and kind of because because it's a struggle. I mean, obviously, you guys have been through the struggles of the road and the struggles of trying to, you know, make this be a full time gig. You know, at, at what point, uh, you know, what what got you to a point where you're like, you know what, I'm fucking rolling the dice and going for it, hell or high water. Yeah, uh, well, for me personally, it was. Uh music introduced itself to me, uh, through church. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in church. Um, I did a lot of the youth group stuff. So around, you know, 11 or 12, I'm really diving into my own personal taste of music. Um, you know, not, not until 11 years old, I'm a third grade or something like that. I'm, I'm starting to figure out that I don't, have to listen to Conway Twitty anymore. Uh, <laughs> there are, there's other music out there that isn't um, the redone Elvis versions of it. So, uh, so, so I'm like, I'm, I'm digging around and luckily that really, that honestly wasn't the case for me. My dad listened to a lot of uh, storytelling type folk songs. My mom listened to a lot of heavy country and my grandmother listened to a lot of gospel stuff. Um, and then I accidentally ran into Motown. God only knows how that was like, plop down in my lap but like when i found it it struck some chords with my soul i was like yo this is fun i love this stuff and then eventually i you know i found hip-hop which led me to rock and roll and uh so so we're about 11 years old at this point and i'm starting to find that rock and roll is also in church so uh, Thousand Foot Crutch. I, I found yep. that band wasn't wasn't long after Thousand Foot Crutch. You know, Skillet kind of started to make a move on the market. Uh, Flyleaf was in the in the same realm mm. of that world. Um, and then there's a co- couple other like you know Christian acts that that I thought was like this, this is good enough. I, I couldn't ever get into like the praise and worship stuff. It was like way too repetitive. I need a story. Right. I need like I need I need to feel the conviction. I don't need to be um, massaged into it, you know. I, <laughs> I want to really hear it, it again, hear it again, hear it again. Yeah. So, so those things kind of took me into um, into finding jobs, and so so there I am, you know, fifteen years old, and I'm and I'm looking for a job. I didn't grow up with money. Uh, I was selling drugs 
um, when I say selling drugs, I wasn't really selling drugs. I was stealing Xanaxes um, from a couple of people that I knew that had Xanaxes. And I would sell those things for like $5 a pill. And then I would like find my hand, like a handful of weed somewhere and I would sell that stuff. And I wasn't like, I wasn't like, yo, I'm straight trapping to get my, my bitches these monies. You, you know, went, you like, went gangsta. I, yeah. I was paying for lunch. Like <laughs> yeah. I was paying for lunch at school and, and, uh, and I was saving up money to, to buy a vehicle. Cause I mean, that, that wasn't like, that wasn't going to be a layup. It wasn't going to be like, Oh, my parents are going to provide these right. things like that. And it, and it wasn't because they didn't want to. I mean, it's just, I mean, those things happen, you know, yeah. we're all given different circumstances in life. Mine happened to be a, a financial struggle, which God only knows why I chose music because <laughs> you wanted to keep struggling. Yeah, that is not the way to get rich and famous. Um, uh, but then again, so I'm I'm right there searching for jobs, and I get a job at you know insert fast food here, uh, and I've worked at all of them: Arby's, Burger King, uh, Jack's Restaurants, which I you guys don't have that um, up north, but uh, it's delicious. Um, I've worked at McDonald's, Subway, like you name it, I have done it all the way into all restaurants like uh, Ruby Tuesdays, TGI Fridays, Olive Garden. I've I've worked at uh, Oh, Charlie's, uh, Red Lobster, like you, I've, I've been at all of them and I sucked. Like I was <laughs> not good at it and, and I couldn't become, uh, passionate about it, which is another thing that I learned early in my life that if, if I don't love it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm just not, I'm going to, I'm going to clean my hands. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to, uh, give my thanks. I'm not going to be an asshole about it, but I'm just not going to try to waste everyone's time mm. for a paycheck money. I didn't grow up with it. So like I've been without it for a very, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out ways that I could just make life happen and, and not have the, the currency that's uh, typically needed. And uh, that kind of started to spiral into different jobs. I was like, all right, well, obviously food's not my way. Uh, I'll go work at a call center. Bad idea because also, I got a very, very short temper and nearly a piss poor attitude when it comes to people with a bad mouth. So if you're on a call center and the first thing you hear is, uh, hi, good evening. My name is Eric. I'm with get off the damn phone. <clears throat> Excuse me, you piece of shit. What I was trying to say was like, and so it didn't take me long to realize like if that wasn't my, my direction, I built houses. Um, I did concrete work. I did roofing work, uh, all kinds of construction work. Uh, I mean, you, you name it. I kind of did it all. And then around 18, 19 years old, I'm still like passionately into music, not just your regular, like, um, like, Oh yeah. I love music. When I go run, when I go work out, right. oh, when I'm driving in my car, I like to blast that music. Like I was the kid with the headphones on mm -hmm. straight mad when a band postponed the release of their new album because I'm I'm like I'm there 30 minutes before it's supposed to hit the shelves and right. I'm like here we go it's about to <laughs> happen on now, I'm man. ready for this 55 minutes to change my life and uh <laughs> that that was that was who I was right. and then Heath our drummer Seth our guitar player we're you know we're wrapping up high school 
and these two kids, they're they're over there, and they're jamming Chevelle, and they're playing Tool songs, and they're playing uh, Breaking Benjamin, anything that that they can play, you know, Shine Down, and and they're just jamming it, and it's just them, and there's no singing going on to it, and I didn't know that I could sing at this time. Better yet, I didn't know that everyone couldn't sing. I just thought it was something that we all did, yeah. you know? Everyone's got a voice. It's just part of your arsenal. Yeah. I, I, had no, I had no clue that what I was capable of was was singing. I thought we could all sing. You know, when, when I went to church and the, the church started the hymnal, we were all singing. Everyone was. And you know what? Some people would get up there and do like the, the like solo type stuff. Which was which was always great. You'd never hear someone get up there and completely beef it. <laughs> so I was like, "Yo, we can all do this. Yeah. This is cool." So initially, I just grabbed up the microphone while they were jamming one day, and I'm and I'm singing the songs that I love, you know, by Tool, by Chevelle, Shine Down, Breaking Benjamin, like you name it. Like we're we're doing those the post grunge era rock and roll. It's two thousand and five. I don't know, two thousand and eight or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh. I'm I'm jamming all these songs and I'm singing them and now we're we're creating like these practices and these parties are starting to develop and now it's after school and there's 35 people over at Heat's house and we're jamming out to some rock and roll music and it's just us and their parents were uh, his parents were mad about us we're like all right well <laughs> we need to take it over here that 35 people turned into 65 people real fast when we pulled up at this random location and started playing some rock and roll music. And we're like, yo, and we got some beer and we got a little bit of weed to smoke on. <laughs> Let's get it popping. And then there we go. We're just, we're rolling at this point and we're playing random parties. Uh, it, it seemed like every weekend there was another parent's house that was out on vacation mm-hmm. and we were taking over and we were, and that started spiraling into 200 kids and the cops would show up before we were because my space was at its peak. I think Facebook was really starting to get its uh, growth at that time. And we're posting about this stuff. We're like, Hey, come over to Markham's house. You know, we're all partying over here. And then the cops would show up first <laughs> and, and, and we, we get there and they're waiting and we're like, Oh, wait, and one of the guys pulls me to the side and he was like, listen, man, I get what you're doing, but you got to do this at a bar. It's like, mm-hmm. you got to do this at a music venue. You have to do it. And, and like, there was a police officer literally pulled me to the side and he was like, this is the business model that you're trying to create. You're going down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Just adjust it, find yourself, move on. So we found a venue and we threw this party and, and you couldn't drink because it was a venue and it's like a, it's an actual event. You know what I mean? So, uh, everyone's out in the parking lot getting trashed <laughs> of course. and then they find their way in and we do a tally at the end of the night and there's 500 people that came through the door that night. Mm. And, uh, this was our first show as a, as a band. And, um, we was like, this is, this is fun. I love this. And none of us had been drinking at all. And I'm looking around and we're all sober. And we're, I mean, obviously sober, we're, we're kids at this point too, you know, 19, 20 years old. And we're looking around like, I would love to do this. This would be cool. 
if we could if we could do what we love and figure out how to pay some bills if i could not have to hustle in any other direction except for my passion and my conviction i would much rather do that for the rest of my life than to end up on the same treadmill as my parents Mm -hmm. and and their parents if if i could find a way to break the mold and if nothing else i'm just happy that's going to make the difference for me and it was right then and there around that moment that i was like this is this is something that i want to do i'm I'm going to pursue it at all costs and then we you know we took that thing into working our job as much as we could and playing music as much as we could to where playing shows and showing up to work started conflicting with each other and the pay started conflicting with each other and we was like all right so we can do this now let's jump and we literally you know and i say that a lot in our shows we loaded up everything that we had in our backpack and we took off and that's really where shallow side kind of got its roots and and started from and not knowing then how to even put on a show We would call these bars in advance and we we jump on and that's and that's how we would roll for the next couple of years. That's how we would do it. When you first decided to make that jump, you know, to say this is my sole focus, this is my purpose in life, you know, money, happiness, you know, I think happiness is its own currency. Yep. But when you decide to make that that choice, all right. Side jobs, whatever you're doing at the time, be damned. We're solely focused on this. We're doing shows. We're a band. This is our job now. How much pushback comes from, you know, your circle, family, friends that maybe at the time, you know, can support for, for so long, you know, they, yeah, this is really cool. You guys are really talented playing these shows and, and working, you know, but when you get to the point where you're like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to, you know, be grudging to, like you mentioned, the treadmill, but this, my life's mission is to get a job and then work that job, even if I hate it, but I hate it, you know, but it pays the bills and it keeps the lights right. on and it keeps us fed. But that's a pretty big leap to take to go off and be like, this is my, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to do. How much, how much pushback comes from family or not pushback? Maybe that's not the right phrase, but like, you know, are you sure? Like this is, this yeah. is crazy. This is wild. Like, you read about was, this shit. It was strange. It was definitely strange, um, to, to say the least. It was it was extremely weird. And why it was weird was because everyone in the close the the close and distant circle loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. They had the they had the best time. They had so much fun. Our friends, our family was showing up to these things and we were doing it every weekend, you know, and and, and it was it was a blast. Everyone was like, yes, this is exactly what you should be doing. We're all having a great time. And then we were like, now we're going to try to do this professionally. And they were all like, no, you can't do that. What are you, what are you even talking about? That's not even a reality. That's so stupid. Like, how could you, how could you think that you're going to make it? And, like that that was that was around the particular time that i created a a a make it scenario if i could pay my bills if if i could be respected as a gentleman as a man pay my bills 
and do what's right for, you know, my fellow man mm-hmm. and the people that I'm constantly in contact with. If I can be a beacon of hope for them with always being able to pay my bills, which I've lived very, very minimalistically because of that, mm-hmm. um, then, then I've made it. So we're, we're just now catching on to a, uh, a big radio wave. Uh, we're just now catching on to a, a, a larger light in the national scene. And dude, I made it years ago. I, I made it. I made it a while back. Yeah. So there's like, I can take this away from me. No one else can. No one, no one else was able to do that. But to, to go back, we, we, it was the strangest thing because we were being championed by everybody. Mm-hmm. They were like, this is the one, this is my team. I love this band. I love what they got going on. I love the, their original songs, which were horrible at the time. <laughs> I love their cover songs, which were also kind of weird at the time. We did like a cover of, uh, um, blue, uh, what is it? Blue Monday by uh, orgy oyster. Oh, blue. Oyster or, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, no, but it was Blue Blue Monday by Orgy, which was also a cover by, I forget who did the original. Anyway, yes. terrible. Can't <laughs> believe we did it. But how the, the, does the push- it feel? Yes, <laughs> the, the pushback that we got from that was it was it was so I was so weirded out by that because mm-hmm. it was one moment you were the best sex that anyone's ever had. And then they turned around and was like, you got a little dick. Wait, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? But you just said. Yeah, I thought you loved me. But uh, Good it, analogy. It was, it was extremely strange, but it also gave what I feel like it was the necessary motivation mm-hmm. to hold my middle finger up and just be like, you know what? I'm I'm rocking this thing. I'm going to I'm going to continue to push forward. It's in and I can easily not make it. There's thousands that never make it never get close to failing on a tour you know what i mean like they they don't get to the first step of losing and those guys never make it there and i was completely fine with if i shot my shot and and never was able to pay my bills i could have tipped my hat i could have went and done you know, anything else at that point. But if I didn't, if I didn't ever take that shot, I think that that was the most terrifying, most horrifying feeling was to, you got this one chance to jump. Are you going to take it? And a lot of people were like, that's crazy. You should not take that. You'll, you'll fail and it'll hurt. And I kept thinking, if I don't fail, I'm going to hurt forever. Yeah, I, I can hurt tomorrow for a little bit, but if I don't at least attempt it, I may hurt forever. And that's something that I don't know that, honestly, if I'd be alive today or or not in jail, because I mean that those are the routes where I was going, man. Like I was I was headed down, you know, death or jail very very quickly. And the, the reason I say that, and, and a lot of people do, and the, the thing that makes it a reality for me is that um, my close family members uh, directly headed that, that way. And that was that was my chosen path, man. Like if if I wasn't working that that grueling, bone crunching nine to five 
uh, or, you know, six to six, whatever yeah. it was for that job Monday through Friday, um, I was going to, to become an addict and end up dead or in jail. It was, I mean, those, those are my choices. And, and music kind of slowly, quietly in the back of the room raised his hand. And I was like, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. That's cool, though, man. I think a, a lot of the, you know, throughout the the backstory of the band and, and getting to take the shot and going up against the you know, the people that were there in the front row cheering, to you saying, hey, man, I'm making this, I'm taking the shot, I'm going for it. And, uh, and the hesitation that they had, obviously, you know, a lot of people do that as a protection. I think, they, you know, because they don't want to see you get hurt. And, you know, right. your, your, your feelings are fragile, Eric, your feelings are fragile. We don't want you to yeah, sure. have somebody turn you down. But I, I think it all, it all circles back to when you talked about, you know, this band writes and perform songs that are legit about their life, about their existence, about the things you've gone through. I think the song Rebel, I mean, I, I heard, I think I almost heard that song was just written in that story that you told um, because of the the pushback that you got, but rising above and going through it and the paths that were laid out before you. If you didn't take, you know, the rod of music or grab its hand when it, when it, was in the back saying, Hey, I'm here. I think you should gravitate this way. Um, and you, you've been able to, like you said, uh, you're, you're paying the bills and, and that, that is what you had your sight set on, you know, for this mission. Um, a couple of years back you were in my studio yeah. and you said, I had a baby and I said, well, you look great for just having a baby joking aside. Um, but a lot of times, and this is, you know, to be on the path that you guys were on, having some radio success, uh, you know, the cover of Renegade, I think it was awesome. I know you guys got some, um, you know, some accolades from sticks on, on that, uh, which, which had to be one of the biggest pats on the back that, that anybody can get when you do a cover song like that. Um, Definitely. But when you throw, Hey, I just had a baby <laughs> into that mix. Sometimes that can be that, I don't want to say deterrent, but it adds this whole other level of like shit um it goes back to that american dream scenario or the typical treadmill scenario where okay now i have to do the nine to five i have to work this job because it's consistent and i'm home and i can be a part of it um because kids and i'm not even on the road doing doing shallow side stuff but man kids will fuck you up like it's legit like everything um yeah absolutely how much has that uh having a child in your life, you know, grown you as not only a man, but as an artist too, because you do have to add that new element into really everything that you do. And I, I'm, I'm assuming it affects not just songwriting, but you know, how many dates on tour you want to be gone on. So how have you been able to adjust to, to dad life? Hashtag dad life. Yeah. Hashtag dad life. <laughs> uh, and, and hashtag dad bod because I, uh, <laughs> I have still not recovered from my pregnancy. I don't know, man. But, I, I saw pictures of you in the skinny jeans rocking a fanny pack the other day. So I don't know what you're talking about with this. Okay. Maybe that, <laughs> maybe that just doubled down on the dad bod thing. I'm like, that motherfucker is wearing a fanny pack. But there, there was hot dogs in it too. So like, I, it, was, it was just lunch. I was just carrying lunch. <laughs> like, hang on a second. You call me, but I'm just going to grab a bite here. Yeah. Uh, go real quick. <laughs> <laughs> One second. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, Having a child really is, it's a blessing. It's, yep. it's a blessing. Like it's, uh, it's a gift. It, it truly is a gift. And, and if there, and there are people out there that do not treat it as a gift and, and that that's a, uh, it's sad, but, um, for me and luckily for me, uh, and a lot of people also don't get this in which I've been extremely fortunate and, uh, 
I, I don't know how to sing their praises or her praises high enough, but the support system that I have at home, mm. uh, my Marcy is literally the anchor to, to my entire existence. If I did not have my family at home. And when I say family, I just directly mean Marcy. If it wasn't for her, I could not be the piece of shit that I am today. <laughs> like without that right. human singularly, I, I could not be, well, anything. She, she found me at a, at a very low place in life and, and brought me into, uh, fa- you know, fatherhood, man. Yep. She, she took me straight in. Um, I remember when, uh, like I was, I've always had this like really odd uh, commitment problem and she forced me into getting a cell phone bill to where uh, it was our cell phone bill and it later would find out uh, unbeknownst to me at the time that it would be my cell phone bill that she would be on. I don't know. She swindled me. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's some dealings right there. She good. Yeah. She good. She, she swindled me <laughs> way smarter than me, way out of my league. And that's a fact, but you know, she, uh, she she pushed me in the right directions and, and made me a better man and then and then gave me a daughter which made me realize that uh a lot of things that i was trying to shoot for did not matter mm-hmm. it they did not matter at at one point i was trying uh desperately to to be um a part of the headline a part of the uh the the story that that's at a constant the to to be um in the limelight constantly like look at me look at me look at me and and when i had her or when we had her um that all took a turn of what what is your story tell tell me your story because i have this platform now and I, i've developed this platform to where i can tell your story your your story means a lot uh, give me the conviction I, I don't want the the fake reality. I don't want to look like the perception is bigger than what it is because those things really, they don't matter. What does matter is the time that we have and the, the time that we have together and the story that we're able to create together. A hundred years from now, dude, like our names may not mean anything at all. But if we don't figure out how to make it better for each other, mm. we might have never even needed to exist, which which I think is is the the most interesting uh, aspect of, of having a child. I was able to to understand that like we we're, we're a blip. Mm. I, I'm I look at her, and I realize that like I was there. That was that was me, and she has no clue about anything, <laughs> and to which like. You know, at at 20 years old, I was like, I know everything. You know, fast forward eight years later, I feel like I know nothing. And then I have a kid and I realize she has no clue about what anything is. And I'm looking around like, now I'm my father. And I don't know what I'm doing. So, like, (laughs) he didn't know what he was doing. So our, our our best opportunity in life is to is time with each other just to make it a little bit better. And I think that that was the biggest thing that changed, um, for, for us. I do take a lot more time off mm-hmm. from, from touring now, but when we tour, we pack those things in, right. like we're, we're seven days on two days off, 10 days on 
one day off back home. Yeah. And and there, there's there's no off times. There's no no gambling times. We're not trying to. In which we do, we we're we're there to have a good time. We're there to party. We're gonna have a couple of drinks. We're gonna make it make it a fun event, guaranteed, because it's we're doing what we love. Like how could you not? And the people that are showing up love what we do. So like absolutely it's gonna be a fun event. But those events um are are packed in close and we make it happen so so we can make time for for the for the family that, that's back at home. That's awesome, man. And, and I think having that support system back at home, especially in, a, in the career path that you've, you know, that you've been blessed to be a part of, without that, I, I don't think it works. You know, I don't think the, the functionality is, it may work for a while, but I think at some point, you know, the, the wheels fall off and you end up maybe resorting back to that path that was there set up for you before, you know, music interjected itself into your life. Um, I was thinking about this uh, mostly because you mentioned Heath's name. And when I first met you guys the second time, uh, like Heath was in like a full body cast or some shit. Like I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The kid needs one. Yeah. And so I I thought about sending you guys um, because I passed one at a business the other day where it was like, it has been 742 days since we've had an accident. (laughs) At, at this uh, at this location, you know, they and then yeah. they can dry a race board. I was thinking about getting one of those for you guys, just for Heath, um, so that anytime he gets injured, you can just keep the tally going. We definitely need one. But you guys have not, you know, uh, have gone through change. You know, every and a lot of bands do this; they go through changes with members and stuff like that. But do you feel like right now, like you guys are just hitting on all cylinders with the group that you have, and like this is the strongest point that the band has been in its existence? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the, the band, uh, physically, emotionally, uh, directionally, we are the strongest that, that we've ever been. And I didn't realize that we even had weak points before mm-hmm. and, and not to take away from, from what those guys did, um, in the beginning because they were, you know, huge influences and, and they were also, you know, strong legs to, to help pedal the, the bicycle that, that we were on to go forward. Um, we were fortunate enough that when we had lost a member another um was searching soul searching for for himself you know and that and that's uh matt our bass player now uh he was you know really looking at the same direction that we were and we happened to cross paths and i I think that was divine intervention that was that was given to us because you know following up uh probably about eight months after we grabbed matt up from chicago we landed in elvis baskets uh studio writing what I believe is the, the, the best um, collection of music that we that we've put out to date. Uh, there there were times where we definitely struggled. Definitely struggled uh, physically, like you said, you know, Heath one time he got his thumb bitten off by a snapping turtle. Uh, it wasn't long <laughs> after that that thing. And you know, he had to have surgery on that mm-hmm. thing and had a I don't know if I say it right, cadaver, cadaver? I could, oh yeah, like a, a dead, deceased person's, a dead, a dead person's piece yeah. of thumb. That guy happened to be from San Francisco, and now Heath walks around with his thumb up his ass all day. But um, <laughs> that's a whole different story. Uh, he, not long after that, Heath actually shattered his collarbone to where he couldn't pick his arm up. And the 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 one singular motion a drummer needs is to just hammer down. That's yeah. all. He and he, he couldn't do that. Um, following that, I had a head injury that landed me in the trauma unit for uh, two days. 
uh, had bleeding on the brain and everything. And those things all kind of led to, to a place where we were able to sit back and write the story, which uh, sound the alarm is out uh, everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's out um, available anywhere music is. And that was the song that uh, I wrote about my injury mm-hmm. and about the, a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about here um, is the, the first words in the chorus of the song, why not live life on the edge? There's no one stopping us now. So, so that's, that's where that whole thing, you know, kind of steps up and takes place. And, and I honestly believe, and if, if you come to see a show now versus where it was, this, the show is, it's so much more impactful. Well, that's awesome, man. You, you got to feel, uh, you know, I think every journey, uh, that any musician goes on or any human goes on, there's going to be those trials and tribulations. I think how you come out on the other side, because you're, you're going to experience those things. Not many can say they had their thumb bitten off by a snapping turtle. That's true, but not a bunch. <laughs> like seven, but <laughs> I think you, 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 when you come out on the other side of it, stronger, better, faster, uh, more energetic, and you learn from it, that only leads to that next step being a bigger one and a farther one. And I think that's you know, kind of the story that you've you've told over the last hour of this podcast is that you've you've encountered challenges and you've encountered things uh, personally uh, with the band in life. But yet here you are on my podcast, which I mean, does it get any bigger than this? I mean, it, it really doesn't get any better. <laughs> this or is bigger. this I'll, is I'll, I'll I'll go for that. All this day. is the top of Everest right here. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But I mean, it's 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 really cool to uh, to find driven individuals who, again, hell or high water. You know, your your passion is what it is, and it will continue no matter what happens, no matter what gets thrown in front of you. You learn from it, and then you move you move on to the next thing. And that's uh, it's an awesome story, man. And I'm I'm proud to have uh, been able to hear it firsthand. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate your friendship, man. Like, uh, it, it, when was it? When did we first meet? Like three years ago? Uh, three, yeah. two, two, three, 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 four. It was, three, I think, I think Rebel had was already out. Oh, yeah. Re- so Rebel, Rebel had just dropped. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So I, re- I remember walking into the radio station. One of the, one of the first radio stations that we walked into too, and, and was invited, invited in and, uh, and the energy that you brought there. So it, it's, it's moments like that. That's also mm-hmm. keeping, you know, a lot of, a lot of musicians going. It's like, that. it's the passion that, that we draw from the people who are embedded yep. in the industry. Those things make a difference for us. Well, I'm doing my best to keep my footprint on the industry as much as I can, because a lot of the friends that I made, you know, uh, along the way, like you guys, I mean, that's, this is still, you know, we're still trying to fight the good fight. You know, I think radio, radio in itself has its own set of challenges that um, I'm no longer beholden to. How about we put it that way? I like that though. <laughs> you know, and you, you know, the, the freedoms and liberties that I have now and uh, you know, my story continues, and, I, and and as much as I can tell, your stories and having this platform to be able to do it, I mean that's I think that's a win-win for everybody, and I'm happy to do it. Hell yeah, heels yeah, Eric Blowright, my friend, shallow side. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you for letting me be here, dude. Next time you're in town, let's uh, let's get on the hang. Let's do it. I'll stay out of as much trouble as we can. No way. Not, there's not many snapping turtles up here. Tell Heath. You should be okay. We'll bring you one. We'll, we'll let you see how big they are down south. Great. I'll have to go to that. What is it? Jack's? Jack's? Best, Jack's Burgers? What do I have to go to? Jack's Hamburgers. Jack's Hamburgers. Okay. 
stuff is it's beast it's good next time i make the trip man i'll come find you all right deal be well brother <laughs>